ahead and open your Bibles to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. As I was reflecting on the week and everything that happened, uh, you know what really impacted me was was sort of as I was working from day to day and as, you know, things amped up and then was kind of calmed down. This idea of the concept of time really just kind of got turned on its head. Did anyone just get really tired suddenly? <laughs> About 7 o'clock, <laughs> 8 o'clock, a couple of nights this week, I just, I was done. And I'm usually a stay up late kind of guy. And this, this, this concept of time, right? Oh, we got a lot of time. We got no time, <laughs> right? And, and you know, and everywhere in between, it, it was just, sometimes you felt like things were racing, other times it was calm, and, and just time seemed to do this. It seemed to do this, right? And that took a physical toll, a mental toll, a spiritual toll, maybe just kind of like trying to, oh, 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 right? I was, um, uh, what day was that, Tuesday? Uh, we decided to, to go up to Santa Barbara. So, you know, you want a concept of time. You're familiar with La Luna, right? The fire station from La Luna to the 150, right? So so uh, I dropped off Dear Sally at, at Nordoff. And, and time, right? So everyone decides it's time to go to Santa Barbara. So I, I take Sally, drop her off at Nordoff, hug, hug, right? And I said, okay, I gotta go catch my, my kids because they, they're in that line heading. It took me from that fire station at La Luna to the 150. It took me 45 minutes. <laughs> 45 minutes! <laughs> and smoke, and you know it. Time! <laughs> 45 minutes! I take my daughter there and it takes me a minute every morning, right? So this idea of time being compressed and you know, and then your body reacts to everything. It's just this time thing. And, and, and I was thinking this morning, Lord, Lord what's, what, what can we learn? What can we learn from this? And, and in Ephesians 5, <coughs> look what he says, Ephesians 5, 15, says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. If you have the New King James Version, it says this, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. When it says walk circumspectly, or in NIV it says uh, not as unwise, but as wise, what, what he's saying there is, hey, walk intelligently. Not in ignorance. Right? And it's present tense, which is, he's saying, hey, continually pay attention to how you use your time, how you live. And what's, what's, what's really interesting, and I've shared this with you before, is that word time in the Bible, in the New Testament, there's, there's two words for time. And it's fascinating because in this passage, the, 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 the word time in the New King James, redeeming the time, is kairos. Everyone say kairos. 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 Kairos, right? Kairos means 
time qualitatively. It's a window of opportunity. It's a season, right? We're sort of more, more used to the biblical, uh, or the, the word uh, chronos, or chronological, okay? So for instance, in Matthew 2.7, it says, Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. In that, in that verse, and in other verses, time is chronos. So it's quantity. Time, second, hours, right? So a lot of times we waste time. We kill time. Right? A lot of times we live in chronos. Chronological. Right? How many of you plan your days out? Here. Right? You're chronos. How many of you just kind of wing it? You live in the moment. Maybe a little more kairos. Window of opportunity. Right? Black Friday. A little more kairos. Right? Window, here's your window of opportunity. You've got to take full, full advantage of it. Right? They're playing on your, chron on, on your kairos. On your kairos. It's a window of opportunity. It's a season. Right? And so what he says in Ephesians 5 is, hey, redeem the kairos. The window of opportunity that you're given. See, if you see, as you go through the day, rather than looking at the clock pace going by, if you see interactions with people, and you see different opportunities as windows of opportunity, suddenly your whole day changes. Suddenly, have you ever had that moment when you're, you got, a, you got somewhere to go, and, you have, and God brings someone, and you have a divine appointment? But you keep looking at your watch. You're like, hey, how you doing? Things going good. Oh, man, no, uh, you know. Really? <laughs> and in the back of your head, you're in chronos mode. I got somewhere to go. And God's like, here's a kairos. Here's a window of opportunity. What are you going to do with it? Right? And are you going to buy it up? Are you going to redeem this window that God gives us? Right? For instance, even even your this morning, your idea of your your idea and your view of church can radically be changed if you approach it more as a kairos moment than a chronos. Right? I grew up going to church. I knew when it started and I knew when it ended. What's that? Chronos. Right? You go to church? Yeah. Ten to Whatever, 11.30. Kronos. Versus, I'm going to church and it's kairos. It's a window of opportunity. There's going to be people there. I might meet someone new. I might get to encourage someone. I haven't seen them. It's, it's been a tough week. This morning is kairos. You see the difference? See how life suddenly becomes full? And, and, and you're engaged with God? And he's giving you all these kairos moments as you're going through Kronos. Isn't that incredible? So if we can just live in kairos, it can radically change. It can radically change the quality of your life, the fulfillment you feel. It might make us even have your radar up. Right? How many of you have had a passing conversation with somebody at Bonds? And it turned into a beautiful thing. In fact, we've had people start attending here because of a Kairos moment at Bonds. 
Hey, they tell me, hey, I ran into so-and-so at Bonds and invited them. And they come and they get plugged in. That was Kairos. They, they took full advantage of that window of opportunity. It's the same thing as a parent with kids. You can either just see your kids as growing up, or you can say, you know what, this is a window. This is a window I have with my child. They're not always going to be this. I want to maximize this window of opportunity. Kairos. Kairos. See, that can change things. Even when they drive you crazy. Amen? Right? Even in the trials and tribulations of life, if you're seeing things as windows of opportunity, you can be engaged. Because sometimes, I know when I get in cross, Mo, you know, I get, I get bugged. I get, I get irritated, right? I, I get a little bit like, because people are, are not fitting with my agenda. Right? How many of you have ever said, or thought, life would be so much easier if people would just get to my plan? <laughs> right? Here's the Kronos world. Just jump onto my Kronos, and we'll be all fine. And suddenly, if you can shift that and go, Lord, it's nothing wrong with planning. Okay, it's great to have a schedule, great to have goals for the day, nothing wrong with that. But when, when he says, redeem the time, as you launch into your Kronos, Hold it like this and say, Lord, I have my Kronos, but if you want to bring me Kairos, I'm open. I submit and I'm willing to. If there's someone I need to talk to today, if someone needs prayer, if there's a phone call I need to take, that's just Kairos. It's just redeeming time. Right? And, and one of the ways that we can to take advantage of these opportunities, even today and as we move forward as a church and in your life, sometimes we have these windows of opportunity through trials to say, Lord, can I take advantage of this, this window of opportunity? Right now we're living a window of opportunity, okay, through this crisis, through this fire that came through. This is a window of opportunity. For us as a church, we've talked about what does this mean for us as a church moving forward in terms of preparation for other potential disasters and community needs, right? There's this window of opportunity. Hey, church, what can you do? Okay, you see, we're already taking advantage of this window of opportunity. For some of us, I would encourage you to take advantage of this window of opportunity to, to, to reflect. <sighs> Lord, what did you teach me? What did you teach me? Where did I maybe stumble and bumble a little bit? Where was it good? Right? Nothing's wasted in his economy. We're all in sanctification. He's going to work it all out for the good. But take this as an opportunity. How many of you, it was, it was your first opportunity this week to have to pick what to load in a car? <laughs> you saw it on the news. You've seen it on the news all the time, right? Did anyone go through that process? Right? I'm going to be really transparent. So, we spent one night in Santa Barbara, and then we received some very generous uh, invitation of a, a beautiful Christian family in Santa Clarita. We got to spend three nights there. So I get to Santa Clarita, and we got some gear we unloaded. And I started looking through what I had collected to bring. And I'm like, are you... Really, Richie? <laughs> this? You brought this? You know, because... Right? 
really be prepared. I mean, I guess you, uh, I'll be more prepared now, but, but that moment of, what, that? Right? And I had to work through that because I was kind of caught off guard. And, you know, I, I had to wake my family about 1 o'clock. I kind of sensed it was coming. I had heard I was falling things. And I said, hey, guys, gather your things and, you know, pick some stuff. And, and, and we did that. It's a window of opportunity, right, to, and sometimes you'll giggle at yourself. You gotta laugh a little bit, like, really? You stuffed that in your briefcase? <laughs> right? And you grow from it. You learn from it. It's not to condemn yourself, it's not to beat yourself up, but you, you can't know what you're gonna, how you're gonna react in these situations until you're in it. So you gotta give yourself a lot of grace here. You really do. But use this as an opportunity to learn. To learn. How did you react? What was going through your mind, right? In the practical sense, but even in the spiritual sense. How are you doing? As you were processing it. Were, were, were you, Lord, I need you, and I, I can't do this. Or did you go right into, I got this. You know, boom, boom, boom. And it was, it was really self-reliance. And, you know, charge the hill. And, and it was really, honestly, more you than spirit. And, and Right? How did you process it? Again, not to beat yourself up, but to learn. To learn. So that in the future, right? That's why I love Peter. Right? Peter in the Bible. Mr. Put my foot in my mouth. Right? <laughs> right? Peter. How many of you love Peter? Because you like him, right? Me, right? I love that. And what was Jesus never gave up on him. Jesus, I love Peter because Peter was... He was caught off guard, right? And then, you know, he, he, he just mouthed off. Because he didn't like what Jesus says. And then Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> right? I mean, Peter, I love that because he was, he was in the moment. And he's dealing with the rawness of following Jesus. And, and Jesus says something and something happens. And Peter's just reeling. And he just reacts. You ever just react? <laughs> and you're like, oh. Really? Really? But that's okay. It's grace. That's how we grow. That's how we mature. That's how, even if it's it, it, as painful as it is, God reveals it. He goes, Kick! And sometimes it takes being pushed in a situation like we experienced this week to where we really <clears throat> get squeezed. You know? <clears throat> but it's grace. And it's okay. Pressing forward. Take time. Use this window to reflect. Some now probably need to, in very practical sense, get a disaster evacuation kit. <laughs> right? Honey, where's the flashlight? Where's the battery? Where's it, right? Even the very practical. This is how you grow through these windows of opportunity. You take full advantage. Kairos. Right? This is a Kairos moment. Okay, what do we need to do to be prepared for the future? Right? Whether it's an earthquake, whether it's something else. This is a window. And God's, God's given us all a chance here to be prepared. Not just for us, okay? Here's the great thing. If we take advantage of this window of opportunity, we can be more ready to bless and help others down the road. It's not just about us being ready. It's about us being ready to serve the community down the road. So there's a window of opportunity. It's also a window of opportunity for us as a church family 
to just reflect on what we've been learning the last two, two months. We are the church. And it's about relationships. And it's about people. It's about people. And, and the last week, you remember Jesus, uh, Peter says to Jesus, Hey, we left everything to follow you. What do we get? And what did Jesus say that you get? The church. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. He says, hey, you follow me, no one who's following me, you get mothers and brothers and houses and all this. What he was saying is, hey, you come follow me, you put into the body of Christ. You get the church. It's a gift. It's a blessing. How many of you are blessed by the body of Christ this week? Even just being prayed for. I have uh, two of our guys on our accountability board from Colorado and, and Chris and uh, Tracy. They both said, hey, we got teams ready to come to help you and your church if you need it. We had offers from other churches outside here to come and help us in case something here and we needed outside assistance. That's just the church being the church. That's just the church being the church. And, and, and it's such a beautiful opportunity to us to say, Lord, thank you. There is a reason you put us into the body of Christ. There is a reason you give us 50 plus one another's. Right? I love a quote by Andy Stanley. He says, the primary activity of the church was one anothering one another. The early church, the primary activity was one anothering one another. Right? And we looked at some of these verses last week. Be devoted to one another. Love one another. Live in harmony with one another. Serve one another. Encourage one another. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive one another. All the one another's. There's a reason. There's a reason. And sometimes when things are good, we can take that for granted, can't we? Sometimes when, when life is good and and just kind of calm and the seas are calm. Sometimes we take the one anothering together. Right? There's a familiar, familiar word in the Bible, fellowship, koinonia, right? You see it on our sign out there, why about Christian fellowship? And, and that's a really powerful word. It's not just hanging out, it's not just socializing. Even fellowship means more than friendship. The word fellowship is to have things and share life in common. It's a joint participation. That's true fellowship. It means you're in and you share lives and you're there, really there for each other. Right? We call that the commons. And I, and I love that word because it's a reminder. We share our lives in common. That's true fellowship. That's true koinonia to share lives and have everything in common. Right? And it, it's a window of opportunity for us just to Say, Lord, okay, if I have taken fellowship for granted, forgive me, Lord. If I have taken coming here on a Sunday for granted, forgive me, Lord. Right? And, and we can take this kairos, this window of opportunity, to literally even make an impact here. I, sh I share with you, if you want to change your Sunday church experience before you get here you say Lord show me who I can bless today I don't want to just be a getter I want to be a giver 
I don't want to just get a good message. I don't want to just get good music. I don't want to just get good donuts and coffee. Lord, this morning at church, I want to be a giver. Who needs encouragement? Who can I pray for? Who can I just meet? Who can I just, hey, it's going to be good. If you want to radically change and make this a place of true fellowship in Koinonia, ask God before you get here every Sunday, how can I be a giver? And see what happens. See what happens. Your whole church experience will explode in a beautiful way. Because now you're engaged in God's work with his people. And if a church as a whole does that, boom! True spiritual life. Amen? That's the life of the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit moving. That's you ministering to one another. I was so blessed to hear stories this week of you helping one another, transporting one another. And, and, the, and the body of Christ got very real this week. And I love to hear it. And, and it's, it's a choice. It's a choice because koinonia is based on relationship. And it takes time. It takes time. And we understand it. That's why we're not in a rush. You hear that? You'll hear us say that a lot. We're not in a rush around here. Relationships take time. But if we're going to develop true koinonia, we got to remember that we're really, it's based on being united in Christ. That's where, that's where the true koinonia comes from. It's who we are in Christ. And out of that unity in Christ comes all the, get, all the giving and all the true agape love. Right? We'll close with 1 Corinthians 10. Turn to 1 Corinthians 10. I love this uh, passage as we prepare for communion and Bill will come up to lead us in communion. 1 Corinthians 10 really helps us to, I think, put a, put a, a really good perspective on who we are as a church and why we take communion and what it means. 1 Corinthians 10, 16 says this. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. Those two times where it says participation, that's koinonia. It's the same word as fellowship. It means sharing. It's koinonia. It's fellowship. They're saying, you know, when we come to the communion table, and a few weeks ago we just had the loaf up here, it's really symbolic of us not only being united in Christ, but sharing our lives in common, right? I'll close with this quote, and then Bill, you can come on up. It says this, The communion meal is an act of corporate worship as the local church unites to remember the sacrifice of the Savior to confess their anticipation of his imminent return, and especially to confess their true fellowship as the body of Christ. Gathering at the Lord's table, we worship corporately as we confess and we share our lives. Let's pray, Lord. Thank you for this window of opportunity, even this morning, to gather. It's Kairos. We can redeem this. We can make the most of this opportunity. We can buy it up if we choose. And as we prepare for communion, we're reminded 
and at the core of our fellowship is our unity in Christ. And so, Lord, prepare us now for communion. Before we dismiss them, I'm sure Galatians 6.10 says this. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Therefore, as we have opportunity, kairos. That's what he's saying. Therefore, as we have windows of opportunity, let us do good to all people. Uh, as we leave and in the immediate needs of the valley and as we move forward into the week, there are going to be windows of opportunity to do good in this community. I encourage you to seek the Lord and to pray. Um, as a church, we are going to be proactive and, and uh, see what needs we can meet. But here's the thing. Who's the church? We are. So if you've been wondering and saying, I hope the church does something. <laughs> Amen? And here's the thing. When God puts it on your heart to go serve and do good, do it in the name of Jesus, not in the name of Obesia. You go do that in the name of Jesus. You go be salt and light. And uh, if they ask why you're doing this, say, we're part of this community. God loves you. We love you. And I'm just here to serve. I'm called to do good to all people. So you go do good. But for those kairos, those windows of opportunity, they're all around you. People might just need an ear. People might just need a hug. People might just need someone who wants to share a story. In fact, that's why we're doing what we're doing today. It's a window of opportunity. Come next door. <sighs> Help us eat all that food. <laughs> and, and just share, share stories. It's okay. We're not in a rush today. We just want to give you a window of opportunity. Kind of settle, gather. And then when you leave here, Lord, give me the Kairos moment. Give me that Kairos and see what he does. Because when you make yourself available, watch out. Watch out. Amen.